Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small Doses. Self-help from the hip. Small Doses. We're talking that shit. Small Doses. And keeping it real. Small Doses. With me and Nancy Seals. So funky. <laughs> well, folks, it's time for another episode of Small Doses. We've been hitting you hard, okay? We've been definitely hitting you hard. I promise that we will come with something a little more jovial, a little more light. But, but not, not today. today. No, no, no. Today, we are joined by a very good friend of mine who is probably one of the one of the truest people to speak to this in a real way. Um, and, you know, I, I could I could have done this topic by myself, but I think it's so much better that I have you here uh, with your Afro all akimbo and your great, your green um, army shirt like one of Castro's backup dancers. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who identifies as something other than those two, we are here to talk about side effects being a black radical artist with my guest homeboy and poet <laughs> Tongo Eisen Martin all power to the people <laughs> now this is a very uh this is a very like powerful, strong ass topic, but you're dealing with two people here who are very, very deep, but also very, very silly. Yes. <laughs> so I hope that we will be able, you know what I'm saying, to give them, to give them a, a flavorful landscape. And not take it to the the hitting in the head of things. Because then that's when people stop listening, right? Though, actually, I will say, for our Small Doses listeners, they actually don't stop listening. Y'all be listening. Y'all be tuned with your ear to the speaker and coming in my DMs like, girl, I heard what you had said. Thank you. Now, Tongo and I went to grad school at Columbia University's Institute for Research in African American Studies. Did we not? Yes, Are you going to talk? (laughs) I need you to wake up. All right, I'll be right with you. <laughs> As he takes a five-hour energy. Tongo and I went to school at Columbia. Tongo is seven foot nine. Um, I mean, I feel like that's almost hyperbole, but not really. How tall are you? I am six foot eight. No, you're not. <laughs> well, my posture is terrible. <laughs> stand up straight is six eight. It's six eight? Yeah. I really felt like it was seven one, like on some Durant shit. No, I, I just I have a seven two soul. <laughs> I really feel like there is a possibility that Tongo is going to try and pretend to be like coy on this microphone, <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you now that I will not have it. I will not allow it. Right, okay, yeah, so Tongo just getting warmed up. <laughs> Tongo. And it's the perfect guest for this podcast for this particular side effects of because I feel like the reality is is that we were always radical black folks before we were considered radical black artists in a 
public space. Public space, yeah. Right? And I think for a lot of folks, especially artists who are like, damn, like, what's my driving force or what's my, um, what do I make my bottom line? It's like sometimes people think that you have to, like, uh, I feel I feel like sometimes people feel like there's, like, this, like, uh, formula that they have to come up with. When it comes to being a black radical, a radical black artist, like, it's, I feel like three separate things that also form together. Mm-hmm. And, and there's and there's kind of there's safeguards in a way that like you know like re- really by the time craft starts it's almost too late to actually try to accomplish anything that's outside of your daily or day in day out practice. So in a way, I don't have to worry about. Um, you know, making some type of hybrid for myself um, or even some special self-identity for myself as long as I'm really getting it in politically outside of the craft. That's then, then the politics just plays out naturally. Or really, I have no choice because I'm just speaking my experience. Right. So the name of the book, your poetry book that you've, like, won shit for, because that nigga be winning shit. Heaven is all goodbyes. Heaven is all goodbyes. Yeah. That's hella morbid, yo. I know. Why? Well, it's it, it's a, it's a, it's the title of a poem that is kind of a you know, it's a it's a, it, it was a heavy situation. Basically, my father passed away in 2012 and my brother and I Bico. drove Biko, Biko Isaac Martin who also did the artwork or does the artwork for all my book covers. Um, How many book covers you got, Tongo? You know, I got about ten. Okay. Subtract eight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we gonna make that two. So okay. So so we we went to we went to pick up uh, his ashes, and we, we drove from the East Coast to the Midwest to pick up the ashes, and kind of like I, it's one of those poems I actually like literally wrote along the way. Oh, um, he was trying to Langston it. You know, because he wrote I Have No Rivers while he was on a river. You know, like warrior type of thing. You know, you okay. Know. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, he did a motion like he had a spear. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca's laughing. I'm just trying to give you all the climate of the room. I laugh because I put the pressure on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, the book, Heaven is All Goodbyes, the poem is related to you driving across the country to go pick up your So it's kind of like an interesting survey, you know, because it's both, you know, just seeing all of the, you know, really the apartheid that the United States is made of, um, while also kind of like, you know, really like negotiating with, 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 with ancestors, you know, negotiating with kind of a spiritual experience. So it's just kind of like this, this journey. Um, you know, like lines like, you know, everything south of Canada is extrajudicial gun oil. Uh, sorry, extrajudicial gun oil in your local unemployment factory. Or, say know, it again. Say it one more time. You know, I, I get the busting in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get out the car against desperate white supremacy, gas station, uh, greeting stray dogs and other earthborn alarms. You know, this type of thing. Yeah. Brendan's loving this. Poetic. You know, Poetical. Three man, uh, three man ghost story. You know, fishers of ourselves, cards dealt, narrative implied, you know, maybe something that finished. Like an Indiana hurricane, 
or two midnights in Milwaukee or no arms, no Chicago. No one can no understand what you're saying because you're mumbling. Weekend, you know? You're mumbling. You're mumbling. No one understands what you're saying at this Bro point. Bro feels me. No one understands <laughs> what you're saying. Say it again so that my listeners can hear what you're saying. Well, I could really give you the whole shebang. How long is it? I think it's long enough for TV land or short enough for TV land. Well, this is a podcast. Podcast land. What is the window? I feel like we've. I feel like it's longer than three minutes. I can get this done real quick. Okay, my brother and I. I'm gonna just do a real. I'm even gonna stand up so I can really get get the get the get the mojo going. All right, my brother and I are driving in an empty cell lane. We are God's evil to these settlers. They might throw us under the shift change. We take wolf naps. We don't know what else we good at besides this traveling. State lines in the night tide passing through Beachhead America, passing with hurricane memory, 3,000 exits of sludge, babe, departage. You know everything south of Canada is. Extrajudicial gun oil in your local unemployment factory. In a few hours, we will fit in. Relax for now. Hop out the car and I'm a dirty shoe illusion, leaning on the trunk with the ghost of switchblades and other rusty services. I am enemy humor and traveling. Father's ashes on the back seat behind two sons in a lane not for metaphor well maybe a metaphor about something unfinished one million hands passing us through the midwest last wishes by way of fishtail daydreams by way of collision home in the badlands of translation relaxed passing great grandparents finger bones father's ashes no longer arms just tattoos badlands imagination barreling translating a father's last trip home we don't know what else we good at besides this traveling exits and collage exits and pieces pieces of 1970s kitchen plates and a good luck refrigerator we still ain't ate the narcotic swing and how we see yesterday get out the car against desperate white supremacy gas station greeting stray dogs and other Born alarms, we are straight deadly against desperate white supremacy and other senses that die silly and have murdered. We don't know what else we good at besides this traveling. You know, two coins of the tallest us, character interstate on a journey of a million parallels. You know, some like me better high, some like me better drunk. Every late night has a summer to it, cousin breeze and murder rate, barreling like gut born love. So, you know, your ancestors are smiling as we pass the time when we ride this language past Gary 3000, a stomach with cast iron lining, proud forearms for meals, three man ghost story, fishers of ourselves, cars dealt, narrative implied. Maybe something unfinished, like an Indiana hurricane, or two midnights in Milwaukee, or no arms, no tattoos, no Chicago ever again. We don't know what else we good at besides this traveling shit. Besides, heaven is all goodbyes anyway. Snap, 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 snap. Now, I will be the first to tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. You no, don't? because, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I am not good at understanding poetry in delivery time. I have to read it on a page. So like when, like your poetry to me is so like on another level that like you spitting it, it's like, a, it's a Wu-Tang verse where I have to sit down and dissect it to understand. Like when Ghost says, like this, this rap, rap is, is like, like TV, TV, facing me real cheesy, crashing high speed, strawberry kiwi. You're like, what? But then you have to sit with it, and then you can dissect it and understand it. So, can you give us, because I know if I don't, if I didn't catch all of it, I know some of my listeners did it. So, can we get just a synopsis of what is really the ethos behind this poem? Right. You know, so again, it's it's, it's almost like our interesting little part of the uh, the diaspora, man. We, we're like this walking convergence of all of this backstory and all of this power and all of this energy and all of this really kind of like reinterpretation of our humanity um, 
and this moment specifically is almost like you know is a is a you know is a, is a bubbling is a bubbling of these realities because you know when you're going to pick up your father's ashes, man, you know it's going to be a spirit walk, you know. But at the same time, you know, driving I eighty, which is you know it it, it just typifies was well you know just kind of typifies really the 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 evils of deindustrialization. Mm-hmm. In the United States, or really, a, you know, a, a so-called but first I-80. world, it's like the middle, upper middle. It's like the, the it's like the second to most north, okay. um, coast to coast passage route, route that you yeah. can take. And it, you know, you'll be driving and you'll get off the freeway, and there'll be like a eighty-year-old woman who has no choice but to work in the McDonald's. You know, you'll get you know, pulled over for nothing. They'll say, oh, you were in the fast lane for too long, you know. Like, it's 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 really like, you know, it's it's just, it's just kind of like, if you ever, if you were ever wondering if Empire was on on its way down, just drive, drive I-80, and you'll be like, yes, it's, it's already over. Um, so Empire it's just the like show the- show or the Empire em- of America? Em- Empire of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I will not speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I will not speak on this. I'm not prepared to speak on. You know, um, I'm a power man. <laughs> keep it all the way real. Um, they sing this is a bigger <laughs> You did. Um, so you know, basically, man, it's just like sometimes you know, it's just they're they're kind of like these gimmies where you know life just hands you a moment that that really is just rich for the analyzing and rich for the making music out of. And this is, you know, this is part of the tradition. I was just listening to Charles Mingus, um, oh man, which one? I think the I Um album. And, you know, I didn't even know. Charles what Mingus, he, he jazz was, musician. It was a lot of commentary on the civil rights movement. You know, in fact, one of the titles of the song was named after, like, the governor of Arkansas, Okay. Who was the reason federal troops had to go in? Because he, the, the governor of Arkansas, was named Fabius or something like that. So it's just like you know, artists. We we you know we we been we we been taking on, you know, uh, taking on issues without sacrificing the art. You know, um, this well, this whole time is kind of part of the the, the tradition. So that's and a, that's the only way to do it, though. Right. Like I think that's the that's the cornerstone. I mean, at at the threat of. So I mean, this clearly, you guys, is a very is 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 an atypical gem dropping, but we have clearly stepped into gem droppery. Gem dropping, gem dropping, gem dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <laughs> you know, that's to me the cornerstone of being a radical black artist is being able to keep the radicalism and the blackness uh, at the same. Uh, Fever pitch per se, without uh, having to diminish it to make the art. And I think for some people, they're they're like, well, radical means that you have to always be gumming out guns blazing, you know. And I think that there's something to be said for exploring just you know the variations of what it means to be radical. Different spaces require different uh, approaches that may seem less radical in one space than in another space, right? right? I mean. And, also, and then you have folks that are just OD and just feel like, well, well you, you know, know, you like I get called like fake woke on a regular basis. <laughs> like I'm like, there's no way I can be friends with a nigga like Tongo and be fake woke. <laughs> no, it's not possible. <laughs> 
That would not happen. But there's like these rules. <laughs> Especially not you being like responsible, taking responsibility for our wonderful <laughs> friendship. Yes, I do take responsibility for our friendship. Um, I, I think, you know, if you know, it's it, it it's like it's about an exertion, you know? Like it's not and it's not necessarily like severe or or um iron to just exert yourself in like what you're doing. Like the Iron Throne or the Iron Price? No? Can continue? Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like the Iron Throne. <laughs> well, you know, the All Iron that... Throne. No, but the Iron Throne was formed by the swords of Egon the Conqueror's enemies. And, you know, in Game of Thrones... <laughs> Rebecca can't take it. And in Game of Thrones... <laughs> Like that became like the bottom line of just like this is the this is the the signif the signifier of what it means to be a conqueror, what it means to really like just go hard and go or go home. It's the it's well, iron. You, you know, all I'm just saying is just like <laughs> to get away from the iron. <laughs> to come on back. Now I, mean, I I think it's just like a matter of pushing ourselves. Yes. You know. So if you push yourself, and it's funny, you push yourself in craft, you're going to find new ground. You're going to go places that haven't been, that, that people haven't gone. When we gone. talk about pushing ourselves, though, like give me an example of pushing yourself. So, in, you know, instead of just saying, you know, uh, you know, driving across the country while, while black sucks, I'm going to define it more, <laughs> you know. Like, what is it made of? Extrajudicial gun oil, that, you know, refers to extrajudicial killing the black people, you know, your local unemployment factory, you know. I'm going to make commentary by pushing the wordplay. And that's really all. It's not necessarily, like, I'm not really pushing wordplay um, just for the sake of, you know, just throwing together words that usually are not put together, but more just to tease out insight. And really it's more like definition than imagination that creates the image. Because though it moves fast. Say it again. Say it again. There's de it's definitely. Say it again. J Wait, y'all, Brendan is just, ooh, ah, e words. <laughs> okay, say it one more time. It's, it's definition rather than imagination that actually creates the images. And so... It, yes, that is... I mean, that's the cornerstone of being a writer. Right. And so it's not, you know, it, 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 and it might, and you, you know, it might end up fast or it might end up not, uh, you, know, you know, for some, n not immediately um, available. But what's actually happening is I'm just trying to expand my powers of perception almost along the way Kind of like the the effect that Audre Lorde had on me, giving me permission. So you give the reader a permission Just, um, to also expand themselves, so that even you know whatever the front end uh, of the experience, by the back end, even if they don't understand, if somebody don't understand everything you're doing, they're expanding with you, and they yes, felt like yes. so. Like for example, even I did a, I did a poem in Rikers Island. I went to Rikers Island, spit some poems for some kids. And um, that, you know, the cats the, asked the one kid, like, well, what did you like about what you heard? And bro was like, I literally have no idea. <laughs> He's like me. Of anything he said, <laughs> but I know something was happening. That, but yes. But but that's not always the case. Like sometimes I feel like we go, especially in poetry yeah. settings, where people just are stringing words together that sound as if something is happening when really all that's happening is words are being strung together that sound uh, like they are 
tonally important. Then people just start saying shit like check it pyramids, out. Kemet. Check out check to check out the angle though. This is again where it's like how you live outside of you know outside of craft also um, checks Informing, you. Yes, informs and checks you because again back to definition. So I'm trying to define things, define phenomena in 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 an exerted way on the page. Also, I live and die by my definitions of things on the outside because they inform my political practice, like literally where I decide to go, who I decide or what I or how I decide to challenge things, all influenced by my powers of analysis. At one point in time, Tonga and I decided that we were going to we were going to like each other. Okay, we decided at one point in time, you know what, we're. We're going to romantically like each other. And this is when we learned. <laughs> All right, you got us out here. This is when, <laughs> this is when Tongo was living in Mississippi. Can, Can I, I tell this story? story? Please. Tongo was living in Mississippi at the time. And he was um, working with the people in Jackson, Mississippi on developing a co-op. Work on cooperatives, yeah. Yeah. And also you had classes where you were, political you know, education. political education classes. And, you know, he was doing this uh, for the people and putting himself in a situation that wasn't necessarily like the best living situation or the best income situation. But as a sacrifice or I won't even I don't like the word sacrifice as an investment to be able to invest in this community. Right mm-hmm. now. That right there is noble Noble as shit. shit. Noble and honorable as shit. I, at the time, uh, was living in Harlem, um, and I was uh, trying to find people to invest in what I do as a radical black artist. Uh, At the time, the the people was zero. So Mm. we we were in different spaces. I think we've always been in the same space, like, in our heart in terms of like how we love the people. But I remember you saying to me one time, like, I don't care about personal. <laughs> he laughs now. I don't care. I don't care about like, and I never will. I don't care, I don't about, care about making about... no money. Da, 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 yeah. Da. Right. Okay. So let's go there. So as a and woman so, at the so, time, so I'm, I'm like, like, how long did we last? <laughs> like, I was like, I hear you. But, like, if we're going to be together, like, there's going to be a certain level of need that we just have. Um, And we're going to need, like, money to do stuff. Uh, And... If and, and I know that somebody is listening right now and is like, you didn't want to be with that man because he was trading in money for the revolution. And it's like, no, that wasn't it. It's just that at the time, I feel like there was... <laughs> you should see how many people are taking to open a bottle of water right now. At the time... Because <laughs> we needed... <laughs> we were both, I feel you like... The first <laughs> no, we were both learning about how our, like, politicism continues to, like, how it's going to really inform our art. I think I was further along at that point. No, the, I say this only because you were still not Break fully... Break up part two about to go No, there. you were still fully not... I don't think that you, you hadn't committed to the poetry we yet. We haven't finished breaking up. You haven't committed to, you hadn't committed to the poetry yet. 
uh, as a possible career yes, path. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. You had committed to I it agree. as a craft, but you hadn't committed to it as a realistic option for a for a career craft. 100. Rightfully so, because I mean, 100. it's really rare to be able to make poetry a career path, and you have somehow managed somehow. to do it. And it's not somehow yeah. because it's when you hear how you perform, you're like, oh, well, clearly because you're doing something extraordinary. But at the time, I just remember feeling conflicted within myself about the fact that it was like, okay, like I fuck with Tongo, that's the homie, but I can't fuck with Tongo like that if he doesn't see that you can value gain for the people as well as personal gain. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember you saying to me, like, I, will, I, I do not believe in personal gain and me being like, oh, he's trying to cut from my neck. Okay, uh, he's trying really to come from my radical black artistry right here. Really he's trying to tell me that I can't be pursuing. I like, had been, I had just, yeah, I, <laughs> I had just been walking the streets of Jackson all day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Knocking on people's doors, trying to convince them to come to a conference on on uh, on putting together like a network of of cooperatives, really trying to create an economy of scale and. You know, basically, so that all needs were taken care of by cooperatives. I had these lofty goals and this strange to-do list. And then, <laughs> strange you know, to-do after, after a lot of uh, um, you know, lukewarm reception <laughs> in a certain neighborhood, I won't say what part of Jackson. Sorry. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't in the best. Uh, you know emotional state <laughs> i love this podcast because we get answers on things that i have never known about i have never heard this response ever so it's safe to say that that was a moment yeah i mean well you know a mood dot dot moment the name of monifa's first album i mean you know it's a i, I think you know it's it's kind of like it's an evolving Mm -hmm. you yes, know, that's why I brought you're, it up. You're, you're, you know, just kind of like if you live in a critical process, it's an evolving thing. I do think money messes up organizations. Yes. And, money messes up and, a lot of shit. And when an organization <laughs> becomes, you know, oriented more about reproducing itself than the actual work it's supposed to carry out, things just really internal contradictions start uh, start to chew it up. I've had people that feel like you can't be a radical black artist as well as an organizer. You have to be one or the other. That That's not true. You have to be like, you can't that, be an You know, that there's no such artist. thing because that like being a radical black artist makes you an activist and that there's nothing really behind activism other than just being rah-rah. It's the organizers who are doing the real work. But I believe that the two can coexist man and really inform each other yes. and really make you one human being you know so that we don't live all compartmentalized um yeah i i think that you know you know just kind of and what's interesting is the stronger i get as an organizer the stronger i get as an artist and and vice versa um you know like a horn player asked john coltrane how do i become a better horn player to which John Coltrane replied, become a better person. So really to become a better person, really to become a human being is the mission. And in order to do that, I have to be standing up for myself and standing up for other people. But, you know, especially now where it's just like kind of like it's so, you know, organizing actually is so ideologically vague. Though cats have this kind of like... Uh, direct action orientation to it like let's get out in the streets and jump in people's faces it's actually not it, it frankly <laughs> hasn't been effective 
<laughs> you know, keep it above. Cop, cops are still killing. Cops are still killing. Us. Where are you from, Tongo? I'm from San Francisco, California. Uh, who just the pigs just got away with a get who they uh, Stefan Clark, I think the yes. brother's name was. Mm-hmm. They they not charging uh, those cops. A childhood friend of mine named uh, uh, Chinedu Akobi, he was tased to death. Mm. by the police and the video shows how he really wasn't doing anything and it was so sad because they had convinced his own family that he was wilding in the streets and this and and they actually believed it until they saw the um until they saw the tape and there's there's a, a beautiful article by one of his siblings i forget which one that just really broke it down like i can't believe that you know they let me you know they just they i, I that i that i doubted um, that it wasn't just another, you know, execution in the streets. Those cops are not the 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 cops that tased him to death are not gonna not being charged uh, with anything. So you see, the system is is go- is carrying on business as usual. You got kids, you got little uh, asylum seekers, uh, and little kids locked in 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 kennels. I went down to um, I went down to Texas um, and wrote an article on what I saw. Um, and, and it, you know, it's funny, like where Ursula, the big detention center is on Ursula street in, um, it's, it's, it starts with an M I'm forgetting the exact town, but it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's in this kind of like converted, they made a detention center out of this like converted kind of like warehouse basically. And the, 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 the building next door is literally a container factory. You know, so it just kind of just shows you like, you know, that their attitude or these imperialist attitudes towards us is just really this kind of like weird uh, marriage between, you know, like war crime and corporate use. Or really in a way how, you know, they just kind of take whatever infrastructure they don't necessarily need for their economy and just instantly turn it into a jail. So these are the things that's, that's that's going on. So we, you know, back to I guess to what the original assertion is. It's it's actually time to go back to the drawing board and actually define what revolution is. See, a lot of cats running around here with all these opinions, but they don't even. No, that's really, how I'm not doing much talking. You're warmed <laughs> they, up now. Go I, ahead. I, yeah, man, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 calm down in a second because I learned my lesson from Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> don't go overboard. You know what I'm saying? So I would. <laughs> To 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 conclude, um, a lot of people running around here trying to define who is what, you know, or trying to evaluate individual people, but are not evaluating what revolution is in the first place, mm-hmm. and what is revolutionary. Therefore, what is revolutionary practice, and what really needs to be done. So, before anybody runs tries to indict anybody, and and furthermore, if Malcolm X, you know. Who 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 took who paid the ultimate price? Could speak about Martin Luther King, who also paid the ultimate price, and say, if we disagree with each other, let us disagree behind closed doors. If they can get over that public shit, then what are any of this modern uh, you know group of people that you know might not jam a finger uh, behind movement work, let alone uh, take a bullet, you know? What are, what is all this public commenting on people? It's 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 really beyond it's beyond immature, and what it reflects is that actually 
there isn't a political commitment. I mean, I think that the reason I wanted to do a topic like this is because, you know, especially like in the Internet space, there's just a lot of people who I feel like see words like radical, even just like black and artists, and they attach so much to it that is simply just kind of a almost like a romanticized view of like what that is. And so that's why when you bring up like just even reimagining revolution and reimagining like what it is to be an organizer, et cetera, like if we're not constantly having conversations around these topics as they shift and as they change, then we end up being the ones who are actually like behind, right? Because so many folks don't continue to have conversations and then they want to reference like, well, you know, back when that happened. And so like, even when like when Gladys Knight decided she was going to sing the Star Spangled Banner for the Super Bowl, her argument was, well, I held it down. You know, I was, I was a part of the civil rights movement. And it's like, Okay, yeah, but here we are, you know, 50 years later, and you trying to sing the Star Spangled Banner at a time when some new shit is going on that makes it not aligned with your principles from 50 years ago. So, like, you can't just be connected to these are to these uh, ideologies that happen once upon a time. They they shift. Things shift. We're shifting. We're moving. And when it comes to being a radical black artist, I think that's so much a part of actually being a radical black artist is your ability to understand shifting and to be able to speak to it and to have a space to discuss it. And I get frustrated because I think that the internets a lot of times don't allow that. Like, whereas we have this awesome tool that we didn't have during the civil rights movement, during the black arts movement, during during um shit during the crack era etc we didn't have we just didn't have this thing that connects us you know and that that allows for there to be a real actual like network in place we didn't have that um okay the light just changed when i said that and you can say that that was just the sun going behind a cloud but i think that's also the feds and (laughs) we didn't have that we didn't have that. And so now I'm like, oh, shit. Well, now we have whenever people ask me, like, what's the biggest difference between now and like the civil rights era? I'm like the Internet. The Internet is the biggest difference now. And yet on there, instead of there being a I feel like a concerted effort towards um, now we have more space to speak and uh, explore things. I feel like there's more effort being put to silence. You know, because if someone is saying things that make someone else uncomfortable, it becomes like silence them. And I don't just mean like, oh, it's only white people silencing or, oh, it's racist silencing. Black folks silence each other if it feels like it's too radical. In the same way that like if Martin came to their door, they'd be like, oh, you you know, you're doing too much. You're stirring up trouble. Yeah. We have some DMTs. I feel like we have gotten very deep very quickly in this episode. Okay? I feel like we've literally walked into your afro and <laughs> set up shop. And <laughs> and I want to bring a certain level of levity um, back to the space because, to me, that's what works for, for my radical black artistry is being able to find this sweet spot between levity and gravitas that allows folks to... You know, kind of listen and assess, but while not getting so weighed down that it gets almost depressing. And then once you're depressed, you can't 
If you're depressed, you can't fight oppression because you're too low. They don't even need to work to make you lower. So you ain't the only poet. Let's. Um... <laughs> hey. I be doing them words. I be using them words. I be using them words. Okay, so. <laughs> you should know, yo, the other day, Tango and I did a whole jam session over the phone. He brought out the guitar, and I was singing some ditties, and we really had some hits. Yeah, we really did it. I, yeah, I'm almost competent. I really feel like, you know, if the poetry thing and the comedy thing don't work out, we got a mean folk singing career Man, out here. We do, for real. Not to be slept on nor underestimated. No. And if you had a guitar right now, I would say, I'll just give it to him. I'll go ham right now. But but he doesn't. But I don't. So, yeah, so there's that. First question. Being the radical that you are, do you see yourself eventually stepping away from the entertainment business to focus on a bigger cause in the future like Dick Gregory did in the 60s? To Tongo's point, that's just the person I am. If a bigger cause comes up, then like there's nothing that's going to have to pull me away. That's just naturally the direction I'll be in because that's the where you got to be. Um, and I'll be there doing radical black art there. I think that there's, you know, the reality is that, like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I can be in that space. Like, Dick Gregory was in that space telling jokes. He was on the stage at the rallies telling jokes at the same time that he was, you know, in the green room or in the preacher's waiting sitting room, you know, at, at the church with, with Martin and the boys telling jokes. Like, if you're a comic, you're always telling jokes. I mean, that's just kind of like your role. And, and if I may add, you know, it takes a certain level of just natural fearlessness to tell jokes. And some of the cats I rely on most who I really have my life in their hands is some of the funniest cats you will ever, ever meet. I mean, there's... Because when you step on stage and you don't have a beat, you like that backup singing I'm doing right now. I do. I like it. Keep keep hitting me with these uh these these tunes, <laughs> <laughs> these these ad libs. Uh, when you step on stage and you don't have a beat, you know, and and I could say this because I've had I've done all these jobs, right? Like I've been a performer with music. I've been a performer as a poet. I've been a performer as a host, etc. As a host. You got a very clear directive of what's supposed to happen. You're going to come on. You're going to bring these people up. You're going to tell the audience what's happening. So that saves you. When you're a poet, you have your script. You have your poem. So that's going to be what you come on and do. And that's that. When you're doing music, not only do you have your script of like your actual lyrics, you got a beat. So even if you're up there and nobody's singing along, you singing along. So you're fine. But the biggest thing that is different about being a comic and all these other jobs is that nobody expects anything from any of those people other than just that. As a comic, they expect you to make them laugh. As a host, no one expects you to do anything except bring people up. Fine. As a poet, people just expect you to say some shit that is interesting sounding. <laughs> right. Right? As long as it's interesting sounding, as we've talked about already. People Possibly are, deep. Yeah. And, and, and to be frank, if people don't get it, they are absolutely willing to simply just be like, it must be me. Right, right, right. They will default. It, I must be the one who's not getting it because they're the one on stage delivering this. If I don't get it, it must be me. If you a comic 
and you get on stage and you say some funny shit that people don't laugh at. No one says, well, it's, it's clearly funny. I just don't get it. No, they say, that, that ain't funny. funny. I didn't laugh. So it definitely is like. Well, a, even try to hurt your feelings. And, uh, what? Yeah. One million percent. They, I mean, because, you know, you go in certain places and they're literally just like, I'm not going to laugh. See, as a poet, I get, a I get just the passive aggressive interruption. Somebody will just try to fidget very violently. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not going to say not anything. Not the violent fidget. <laughs> the violent fidgets. Do they get up and walk out? I've sent a couple people out, you know, because I call things out in the poems, you know. But, you know, at the, at the same time, I think, you know, there's, you know, if there's kind of like a, a loving intellectual practice, you can't really, you, you can't really fight me. I don't really, you know, there's, there's, there's too much for you to try to hit, you know. Because you're tall or because... <laughs> <laughs> but it's really like so to your point to to to, to the, the person who asked the question tall and wonderful tall and wonderful <laughs> to the person who asked the question listen when it boils down to it i am not a black radical artist because that was the cool thing to do or for clicks or for likes and i really feel like there are people who think that that's like an actual thing and the reality is that you can't be a black radical artist for likes and clicks there's no likes and clicks in this that's what's so wild to me when people say things like you're fake woke for for dollars. I'm like, in what in what game are they paying folks money to talk the real? To talk the that's actually the the whole reason they shut people down. I have somehow defied the odds by being the realest nigga ever and being able to somehow make a career out of it. I have I, I, to this day. I feel like there's something divine in the in the fact that I managed to do this because for so many years people have told me that that was an, a fool's uh, goal, that it was futile, as if I was trying to defeat the Borg, and that it was simply <laughs> resistance is futile, and that you know it was simply just not a smart idea. So. Worth the shit to go down? I have looked myself in the mirror many a time and asked myself, would I give it all up if it if I had to? Yes. yes. Because I'm very fortunate that I've even gotten this far. When I say this far, I mean in this house that I done worked my ass off, The Tongo had to... <laughs> it took me about five minutes to walk in the house because I just was overwhelmed. <laughs> I just didn't think I was supposed to be in this... <laughs> so... You know, <clears throat> I mean, you know, but you know, what we also are though. We're we're also kind of like an inevitability, man. You know, where you, you get enough of a throwback soul, you get enough of some intelligence, you get enough of some good grounding, and yeah, you know, we gonna we gonna have some artists come along that's gonna say fuck it, fuck that. And then if they meet each other, they you just can cuss keep... on this show. Oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, why would I do a show that I can't cuss on? <laughs> and then when they meet each other. They're going to continue to inspire that in each other. Right. I always tell Tongo, I want us to be like the pictures we see with Maya and Malcolm. That's right. There's these Malcolm and Maya pictures that you see where they're just having a blast in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Having a blast. Uh, you know? And I have pictures of us where we're just having a blast at a brunch spot in Studio City. <laughs> having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same. We're gonna get there. But we gon' make We're gonna get there. When we get there, we're gonna know what to do.
Next question. How do you know you're about to enter the Hotep logic? It, it feels like the Twilight Zone. Oh, man. You know, actually, the Hotep logic is kind of entertaining, man. When I'm on my YouTube binge, I, I might just go down that rabbit hole, watch those arguments they have with, you know, no. I can't watch it. because I can't watch it because I'm too sensitive and I really get frustrated that like people that I consider my people think this way. Not that I'm sensitive because they think this way about me. I be feeling just bad that like why are y'all why, why have y'all allowed this level of ignorance to penetrate your spirit and now you out here trying to penetrate other people's spirits well, because, with Because you know man this era is just basically about normalizing the fact that you ain't going to do shit about the bigger picture. So even mm, even Jesus. even you just came you, for a lot of necks. I did, you know, but it's not. It's, <laughs> but your reach it's not, is long. It's not. It's, it's not a. It's not an irreversible. You know, it's you come on. You come on back or right. come on home. You know, uh, and and so you know even you know the. Even the, the 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 quest to to you know to investigate your own culture or to investigate you know you know even intellectual pursuits get twisted because a cat can't cannot uh, you know cannot um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for cannot reconcile. <laughs> It shouldn't have took me that long to find the word <laughs> reconcile. <laughs> Honestly, reconcile is a word I struggle with on a regular basis. I have to find it every time. I'm like, ah, reconcile. But you can't, you can't, you can't reconcile critical thinking with with not doing shit. If you if you have critical thinking and you don't have a critical uh, practice, right, yeah. or, or, or process, then ultimately you're just gonna spin this weird. You know, really just persona for yourself. And it's all going to just be about, you know, your individual assertions. And, and not And not, right, and not about, you know, actually teaching people something that will then put them in a critical process and have give them a critical practice. But I think they think that they're doing that, doing though. They think that they're giving people tools to do that. They think they're giving people tools. That, I mean, I think so. I think they think that they're arming people with information that's going to give them the access to awakening that will allow them to do this, that, and the third. And I think so. To your point, I mean, it's the this, know, that, and the third. This the issue. There's groove. There's, there's this groovy thing called history. Ooh, that, groovy. That 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 will that that has plenty of instruction on what is effective or what is truly a tool. You understand? Give me now an that, example of something that's truly a tool. Well, okay. So again, like, what is the true foundation of, of the of this here country? Is it really like you know, kind of like it's economic? processes or actually you know this is a rhetorical question it is not its economic processes <laughs> it's its military reality yes you know and really whiteness before it's a privilege is really just a deputization in a perpetual war against black people or whoever is going to be the surrogates for you know uh, you know whether it's uh, you know murdering mass murdering native americans or you know, brutally repressing brown people, you know, uh, in, in, in enslaving us. It's the military reality that is actually primary, right? So if all, so how can you interfere? You if you, I mean, why were why, why were the Black Panthers effective? 
because they actually interfered with the military reality of oppression. They actually jumped out when the cops was out with their guns doing whatever they wanted to do. That's where the Panthers took a stand. And where are you so from again? Could, I'm I'm from San Francisco, California, you know, where where all where it all went. Panther adjacent. <laughs> well, hey, don't sleep now. San Francisco had a, a very strong uh, chapter in it that was, you know, a seamless, uh, you know, uh, connection they were to connection Oakland. Man, man, I got you. I, I, you know, but I'm here, brother. I'm connection. here. Man, connection I was, is and a, I was doing, connection. And I was, you should worry. Though. I was doing so well on yeah. behalf of the truth. You, you said deputization, with no problem. And that's where these cats got me beat because they throw some words. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really come back to anything, but they got them though. Um, you know, so, 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 so again, like, so, what are you, what, are, what do you want me to do? Or if you're trying to convince me that I need to change the way I look at the world, okay, in order to do what? How are you interfering in? How are you going to help me? How are you going to defend me? Or how are you going to help me defend myself? If all it is is just a bunch of, you know, just kind of like really Rhetoric. unfocused, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. yeah. In 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 a in a in a, a speech that okay, that I'm allows you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yes, no, I do because okay, so I had a friend who was like, I don't think that it's positive when you clap back on the Instagrams. That you, she was like, you know, I think that that is a waste of your time and a waste of your energy because you're talking to people that don't matter. Da 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 da. I said, well, I think that that's a reductive way of looking at what I'm doing because I've had so many people say to me that by by seeing my ability to counter or to respond to somebody who is attempting to silence or attempting to enable ignorance, et cetera, that they feel empowered that they, too, don't have to be a bystander to ignorance, that they, too, can disrupt the continuance of this type of conversation and that it wasn't until they saw someone demonstrate that that they realized that they had those tools for themselves. And so for me, it's like I am by no means involved in organizing in the way that I would like to be if I had the time to dedicate um, my resources to that. In the Like there is a certain level of time and resources I would love to be dedicating to organizing. But at this present time, I'm still developing my space of how I can really, really use my art to help support you know, and, and, organizing. And, 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 and I know you, I know you mid stride, but not for nothing. You, you, you also don't have a political organization. In existence right now, that could really that 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 I would tell you to jump out the window for. You see what I'm saying? That's not. I'm just John. No, I hear you. No, there isn't. There isn't one. She just looked at me like we weren't on the same. No, I was looking at you, thinking like (laughs) you're right, (laughs) like thinking like you're right because. but I say all that to say that, you know, I think that is very great. It's very it was a very great example that you gave about the Panthers, because, again, even in even in bringing it back around to say that there's no political organization to jump out the window for. There is no organization that was at the level of simplicity of the Panthers in their approach. Right. Like literally just like we are going to disrupt the policing of the police by policing the police. <laughs> That's a real clear directive. And you either down or you not. And you can determine that. But we don't have anything I feel like that's that clear at present. 
I think there's definitely work that's being done, like you were doing in Jackson. And there's right, work. and there's and there's groovy people, you know. There's intelligent people, and there's heroic people who are working on it, you know. But again, we have we have a lot. We have to do a lot to organize ourselves. There has to be a lot of organizing of the organizers right now. Before which leads you know. to this next question: Why is it that as a black artist, sometimes we are questioned on our black authenticity based on our work? Why not from genuine talent first? I feel like. People question just because they want to question. Like, they're just questioning. People just questioning shit for the wrong reasons. And then the other shit that they should be questioning, I feel like they're like, nah, I'm going to ride with that. And I feel like at the core, and we talk about this on a regular basis, just like, what's going on at the core? What's at the core of folks of the black community that's driving what we're questioning? I'm sorry. I I, I just man, you really fucked me up with that with that throw with, with with that little throwback history. You know what I'm saying? Because there's there's people I've been. Oh, yeah, that's just my homegirl. Blah, blah, blah. I don't understand I don't what you're saying no right history. now, man. You know, you, you know when I do I, when I you know when I talk about you, you know, I don't I I don't I don't bring up you know our little three weeks of. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Enamoration, you know. <laughs> so all that to say, I don't think I could really post this podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it's gonna be a couple of people like, yeah, you, you told me y'all were just friends, you know. <laughs> but we were. Sorry, it was purely yeah. telephonic. Yeah, it was telephonic. Yeah. I ain't gonna say why, why it stayed telephonic. Cause I ain't gonna blow you up like that. <laughs> Cause you're my friend, and cause I love you as a black man. Jesus Christ! I'm so sorry. I ain't gonna blow your spot out. But you tried to, you bringing it back. I let you go. I was out. I don't know why I pulled myself back in, because <laughs> I just hit me. And I could just see the conversations. I'm gonna have to have them. <laughs> I said the tongo. I remember saying the tongo. So what is what are what are you going to do for a living? How are we gonna make money? And he was like, it, I'm a revolutionary. <laughs> that is what I do for a living. And I was like, that's not a job. Hey, you see me in here looking for drugs that are not here, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> like, fuck well. Maybe another sip of the five hour will help me. <laughs> that's not a job. <laughs> Or not our job, but it is a mindset that is at the core of being a radical black artist. And so I feel like to this question about why are people, she said, why are people judged? Why are black artists so often judged on our black authenticity versus on their work as an artist? I mean... I think it depends on the type of. Well, man, because we just had we we got dozens and dozens of black artists who have just decided that they just gonna be corporate spokespeople. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you know, I, I mean, we we have you know, whereas you know, even you know, back in the day, even cats that could have just completely abandoned the people decided. You know, I'm, th I'm thinking of a Muhammad Ali. I'm thinking of a. Uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, where you had cats that still maintain their commitments to the people regardless of the, the stratosphere they they breezed through. Um, now, I mean, it's just gone completely the other way. You just got an army of artists. You don't know what they really believe in, you know what I mean? 
so it, you know, but I, even if they I demonstrate, but then you have understand. folks that demonstrate what they believe in, and mm-hmm. even that is attempted to be undermined because then I feel like because we've had so many artists that were phony, that it's almost like folks can't even believe that someone could not be. Yeah, that's really like what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's become a conundrum. That folks literally, even if it's in their face, even if it's being demonstrated, it's being spoken, it's being supported with action, folks will still create a false narrative of, like, what they're seeing is not what it is because of what? You know, I think, too, because art has become so much of, like, a campaign as well. It's kind of like artists are almost like politicians now, you know. It's just kind of more campaigning why you should just keep me in your heart Mm. as opposed to just look at this raw shit I'm doing on the stage or I'm doing on the page or whatever. You I know? mean, that's the shit that be making me want to get off the Instagrams. Man, I want to Because, like, at this point, when people are telling me, like, you know, you're doing this for clicks or you're doing that for clicks and that and whatnot, and it's like, I couldn't be further from that. I mean, I don't do anything for clicks. Uh, I really do... I create art or I create commentary for intellectual purposes um I, I want your brain to click into place i'm not trying to get you to double tap something i really couldn't give two folks about if you double tap i'm more curious about if you tapped in to what the hell i was talking about and that to me is and back to the clapbacks i i, I think man the clap the, I, I i dig i dig the clapbacks because it is, you know, it, you are standing up for people, you know, because there are people that feel, you know, that, that feel the same, but really just don't know how to do it. It's almost a martial art to the clap back, you know. <laughs> so keep on clapping back. <laughs> <laughs> people I like. Yeah. This brings us to a segment. Call people I like. Now, Tongo, in this segment, I tell my guest why I like them. Right on. <laughs> Tongo, one day in class with Professor Manny Maribel, I tell this story all the time. I'm going to tell it again. One day in class, this is the day I realized. Oh, that's my nigga. I didn't even know him, but I was like, he gonna be my homeboy. Manny Marable, may he rest in peace, had finished an entire diatribe on uh, slavery and just the economics of it. And this is, com- you know, this is we're in an African-American studies class. We, Professor Marable is gonna give us a full 20-minute uh you know, introductory thought process at every time we come to class. And then he basically opens the floor for us to speak to it and, you know, answer whatever question. I do not know what he had asked, but Tongo, uh, clad in a white (laughs) T-shirt, a size 8XL white T-shirt, Rebecca made a face because she didn't know they made 8X t-shirts. Come to Harlem, circa 2004. And and, uh, dawning cornrows that in the course 
of our time at Columbia, I have never seen freshly braided. <laughs> now, I know they were rebraided because it just it, the hair don't stay that way unless you get it rebraided. However, every time I saw it. I used to fall asleep without the do-rag on <laughs> several times a week. <laughs> and Tongo said, man... The whole hype with slavery is. And that's when I said, oh, I'm in a different class. Because he started a sentence, the whole hype with slavery is. Went on to break the shit all the way down. But me and my uh, Orlando born, uh, you know, SUNY purchase, uh, raised mind had never heard this type of lingo in an intellectual setting. And I was very quickly introduced to the fact that, okay, so we've got a different cast of characters here at the Institute for Research in African American Studies, led by Tongo Eisen Martin. Now, Tongo went on to... Uh, teach classes within the research, the Institute for Research and African Studies. I remember at one point you telling me that you wanted to rewrite the GED. Yeah. I remember you telling me that because Tongo had went on to teach this prison industrial complex class that would also bring students from Columbia to Rikers Island to teach classes on the island as well as in in on campus teach about, um, you know, what's going on within the actual prison industrial complex. And I remember Tongo telling me that he wanted to rewrite the GED because the realities of the GED is that it is written for, for people to fail. It's created for folks that, it, it, that it's not created for the folks who are actually taking the test. So it makes it that much harder to understand what's being asked of you when you don't understand the points of reference being made. You know, like there's stuff in there about bales of hay and shit. And it's like, well, you know, if you ain't from the Midwest and you ain't never been a farmer, you know, it's going to be hard for you to even conceptualize like what is being asked of you when they could have literally just made it about boxes of sugar. And, 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 you know, and, and design to just give you a fucked up relationship to education, you know, to not put you in a, in a, in a critical process or what Freire described as a dialogical process. See, I just uh, try to make up for the, the reconciling the connection malfunction <laughs> that I had earlier. <laughs> so Tom's going to be reading books. So these are all reasons I love Tongo. Tongo be reading hella books. I definitely do not read as much as I would like to. I don't get my to-do list done as much as I would like to anymore. And it's really becoming a very frustrating uh, space because I thought that when I finished my book, I would feel just free and just able to do everything and anything that I had been wanting to do for the past year. And I was wrong. I was lying to myself. That was actually completely false. I simply just have new things on my to-do list that I simply cannot finish or muster. And it is really um, impressive to me always that I will call Tongo and he'll be like, well, I just finished reading these seven books yesterday and uh, I'll give you a quick synopsis on uh, how they all turned out. And I think, you know, the other part is that when you are a radical black artist, an artist black radical, it is incredible incredibly important to have peers who right. are the same who are moving in the same space who are moving with the same intensity and who uh simply just understand 
the mind frame of what it is to to carry that load. It's not by any means easy. Uh, I think I think we make it look easy just because it's naturally what we're supposed to be it, and we're stepping into our purpose. But I think it for me, it's been very important and it's, in, it's been very inspiring and enlightening to have somebody that I can have these uh, exchanges with across a multitude of topics. Let me tell you some of the topics I've called Tongo about. What we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I have literally called Tongo and said, what? is we going to do. I have called Tongo to fact check about a nigga who told me that he was from uh, a city outside of the Bay. And I was like, are there real niggas out there? Because I've never heard of this city, but he's claiming that he's from the Bay. And Tongo was like, mm. do you remember that conversation? I'm blanking on that one. What is it? Did yeah, I called you to ask you about a, a dude. Or did he didn't get the stamp? You didn't give him the stamp. No, mm. you did not give him the stamp. I have called Tongo about clarifying. Walnut Creek or something like that. Say you say? He might have been from Walnut, Walnut Creek. Creek. Right, some what, shit like that. Like, yeah. I have called Tongo to clarify some bay. And I will disrespect anybody in Walnut Creek. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's out the way. I have called Tongo to get clarity on uh, certain colloquialisms from the bay uh, because they have their own language. And as you, you'll hear me several times say to Tongo, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. Because sometimes Tongo says things to me that are not even Bay language. It's your language. Yeah. I've wandered into a strange, strange state of mind. Yes. <laughs> and I can call Tongo about anything, anytime, and he will listen to me and give me an informed reaction, an informed response. Not just a reaction, an informed response. I can call Tongo and treat him like my homegirl and give him an entire story about a dude. And he will give me, within just one sentence, the facts. That nigga sound goofy. Now, your homegirls is going to give you an entire emotional mapping of how to handle this and why this could have happened or not could have happened. And Tongo will basically just break it down for you real quick. Man, that sounds like some shit that you shouldn't really be fucking with. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is Goofy, though. My, that's my favorite. I mean, you could do all... And then I will counter and be like, well, no, because what I'm thinking is that, you know, maybe what I, we should understand is that the person and the individual... And I'll give all this, and he will come back and say to me, I mean, you could do that if you want to, but uh, <laughs> what, what was going to happen is, is going to be goofy either way. <laughs> and what's crazy... That, I mean, like... It's yeah, it's the way it goes. So, but th so aside from all my personal quote. attachments to Tongo, as a creative and as a black radical artist, Tongo has done what I have viewed him, you know, I've watched him do this. I've watched him be a black man, I've watched him be a radical black man, and I've watched him seamlessly integrate that into his artistry and not forsake that when he's in spaces where he is the only radical black artist. And that to me is the true testament of if you are a radical black artist. And can I chime in real quick? Of course. You know, the good news, I, I think, or, or what, what we got to be willing to do is go somewhere and be weak. 
See, when we got this talent and we we moving through, you know, moving on planet black art and we're, you know. Planet black art. See, it's the it's the two point conversion. That's that's what we think. That's what throws bro off on it. Like you pull, you got the touchdown. Why <laughs> we up? <laughs> um, the thing about you know you know organizing work or just pushing or or, or or trying to take your practice outside of your immediate comfort zone is really just that like you know and i understand like you know you're damn near if you're damn near invincible on the microphone you want to stay there if you're damn near invincible on the page if you're damn near invincible on a on the easel or something like a canvas you want to stay there but really the, the thing about about you know movement work or making sure you're in a radical process is actually going somewhere and and be willing to be a nobody because the organizer in many ways is a nobody you're really trying to you know you're trying to you're really just representing yeah. you know uh, uh you know you're just representing a kind of truth mm-hmm. that is greater than the the deliverer right you know what i'm saying so you know it, 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 it and that's good news because you don't have to be you know if you want to add something to your practice you don't have to be all big and bad you know Go somewhere and be terrible at it, you know. Go knock on some doors even if you don't know how to start a conversation from scratch, you know. Like go 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 get go go get down even if you don't have a some major theoretical, you know, background. Jump in. Go, you know, jump into the political education class, you know. But it's again it's like getting over the ego. That's a big part of it. And that's why movement work is so healthy. Because it forces you to confront all of you. See what I'm saying? Well, we do mm-hmm. see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like folks is listening right now. Like that's a that's a real brother. That's a down ass brother. And um, you know, for me, uh, being surrounded by down ass brothers has been the key to keeping a balance and keeping um, a clear mind, especially because, like I said, like your girls give you a certain energy, but your brothers give you a whole other energy. And you need to have that that yin and that yang, you know, and, and all the spaces in between. And I would take us into that one time, which is a segment where we talk about, you know, just our personal relationship to the theme. But I feel like we have that one time to this entire episode has just been a long that one time of our relationship to being black radical artists in the spaces that we've been in. And I don't feel like we need to beat that that over the head of folks. But I think it's been cool. Just um, I know for you. I know you and I both feel this. Like it's been cool to get to meet other Black radical artists that have inspired us, and then have them see us. Like I know you talked about just like when you met Antazaki Shangay. Yeah, man. Can you share that story? Um, so there's a sister named Asha Monet down in Miami, who you know everybody should check out. You know, she's a she's a she's a beast, not only with poetry but also with movement work, and she had the idea. I think inspired um, by, oh, I forget who had passed away, but there was some veteran of the black arts movement, I believe, who passed away. And so Aja had the idea of putting together this this poetry festival called the Maroon Poetry Festival, um, almost to be kind of like a victory lap 
for our for our elders, you know. So it was the the um, the last post was there, and Izaki Shange was there, um, and, and also Emery Douglas, who was the visual artist and central committee member of the Black Panther Party, who really put all of that together, put the 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 you know the visual the together, and, and 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 held down the the paper too, um, and so you know, you know, I got to perform for Inazaki Shange. And the she writer, was just, creator, like, rest in peace of For Color yeah, Girls Suicide peace. When the Rainbow is Enough. And I just got, I had her just stupid on one, you know. And it was just What like, you mean? I got the video, man. So it's just like, man, she just like, her, her arms won't stay out of the air. You know, as I'm going, you know, she was just in. And so I went up, I ran up to her. Cause people was like, you know, ran up like, man, you know. I think it was even like, Ozzy came up like, bro. She she was digging, so like I came around to introduce myself, and she just like grabbed my head, like and just wouldn't let my head go for like a good ninety seconds, and I just like sat down on the ground next to her chair, and she just you know she just almost like gave me the blessing, almost like like it, it almost kind of shows you how like man you know when the village is strong, like it's really the the elders that bring you home, you know it's the elders that let you know what you're a part of or who who you really are, you know, and uh yeah it 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 was just like super and it was super beautiful, I also had a conversation with one of the last posts too that was super beautiful along those lines, and actually and then uh, uh, another one too uh, uh umar ben ben Hassan. umar it's been you know just like man just just you know it would have you like man how am i you know who am I to get this type of you know love from you know from one of the greats, so yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that's, Umar Benasin is the voice you hear whenever people sample. Whenever you hear this, the uh, the sample that goes niggas. That's Umar, and that is from a last poet's poem. Um, and that you know, like party and bullshit. That's what the 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 poem. You know, when the revolution comes, is the poem. And in the poem, they say, when the revolution comes, niggas is gonna party and bullshit. And then you hear that sample in like songs like uh, Biggie Smalls' "Party and Bullshit." And when you hear like Kanye has a, he samples niggas. Um, so that's who he's talking about when he references Umar Benassin. And you should, if you you know, find time, make time to go check out The Last Poets and, and Saki Shange, of course. And you mentioned R.G. Lord. I'm not sure if you know this, but R.G. Lord is from where? She's from Grenada. That's right! You know, Sonia Sanchez was also at the, at the Maroon Festival. I, I, I also dropped that in there. I took a picture with her, feeling like the man. <laughs> <laughs> feeling like the man. Feeling like that man, I feel like that man. Yeah, Gren- Grenada really did just, you know, produce the hardest poet that ever lived, you know. And, a, you know, okay, other people are okay out of there, you know. <laughs> I don't appreciate you, and I feel very disrespected. Uh, Lodge up all Grenada Massive, Nutmeg Mafia, and uh, hey. big up to Mr. Killer, who won Soka Monarch in Trinidad for his song, Run With It. Uh, you know, that's coming straight from the Spice Island. Uh, you know, all you need to go and check that out, okay? Check that out. Well, Tongo, hey. 
I was I had told Rebecca and Brandon I said you know Tongo is, is eventually going to have to come on here and it's going to be very interesting I'm not sure how it's going to go I'm not sure what it's going to go but it's going to be very interesting and at some point I want you to come back and I want us to do an episode about something that is completely not, not deep, deep at all uh, we can do it you know I feel like you need to come back and we need to do an episode simply about just like I don't know what's some what's some bullshit we can talk about what, what is it? The side effects? Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I was about to say some other <laughs> shit. <laughs> say some shit. But if I can say something in closing. I mean, I. Sure. You sound like you was wrapping it up. I am wrapping it up, but you can wrap it up. Go ahead. Like, you know, the operative word was telephonic. And it's about, about, you know, about two and a half weeks, <laughs> you know. I'm telephonic and saying, you know, and I just had some uh, work done on my teeth, so <laughs> there were certain opioids and all in my brain at Lies the time. And fabrication. You know, I don't really even remember what really had, you know, Mississippi is a blur. I forgot all about it too. You just reminded you me of that. <laughs> I just remember that. Well, well, that was a trip. <laughs> when was that? 2012? Yeah, that was about 2005. <laughs> False. False. Maybe six. Yeah. Folks, you can get Tongo's book, Heaven is All Goodbyes, all goodbyes on Amazon.com. You can also get someone's dead already. Now, where these morbid titles come That's from? That's why I'm like. Get someone's dead. You get someone's dead already also. Why? What is this? Well, you know, actually, man, I actually didn't. Like, both of those titles were recommendations. Okay. And actually, we're two different people. So it's not like I got the same morbid person in my ear. Like, <laughs> you know, do this. You do know, it again. it's like two different people. I, you know, they hit hard, though. You know. <laughs> But I'm definitely the next book is uh, yeah the next book is just like different relator like it's just all life like we just rejuvenation rejuvenation right 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 right. (laughs) it'll be springtime yeah 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 Yeah. just revitalize right daylight saving time (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for spending time with us here at Small Doses thank you all as always make sure to come out I'm on tour with uh. My I be knowing tour, so I'm all over the place doing the damn thing, bringing these jokes to the people, keeping it a buck, and continuing to be a radical black artist in as many spaces as I can and in many ways that I can. And uh, when we have folks like Tongo on the show, it just lets you know that like there's not just one out here. There's a number of us out here. And even if you don't know what we're doing at all times that we're doing it, it's getting done. Okay? And we are supported by folks like you who continue to come to our shows and who also continue to support organizers who are doing the work in the community that we are supporting when we do our shows. Yeah. All right. Say something. Power to the people. I knew he'd have something to say. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.